0: everybody. Welcome to The Back Room. I'm Andy Ostroy. We have Congressman Eric Swalwell back in The Back Room today. But before we get to him, I want to thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media, and we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, follow or subscribe. And this way, you will be notified every time we post a new episode. And don't forget to stick around to the end for our special surprise celebrity close.
1: I think it's a very dangerous thing to Mm -hmm. even talk about uh, because we do have a tremendously passionate group of voters. And I mean, maybe, you know, maybe 100, 150. I've never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. Much more passion than they had in 2020 and much more passion than they had in 2016. I think uh, it would be very dangerous isn't it
0: unbelievable that the man who is about to be indicted for inciting a deadly insurrection is threatening to incite another insurrection
2: unbelievable in 2015 but not today it's pretty much
0: it, it hard really to does watch. speak to the thing i say all the time about like there being no bottom every time i feel like there's nothing else this man can do to reach a new low He finds a way to make me go, did he just fucking say that? Did he literally just threaten another insurrection?
3: How can
2: it hurt, really? I mean, look at what's happening to him. It would only benefit him.
0: I don't think he understands that he's fighting an existential crisis over his freedom in a court of law. He seems to think that the court of public opinion is where he needs victory.
2: Well, he needs victory in about a half dozen states and that's about it. Um, you know, there's 45 or so states that already. We know where they're going to vote. And he's going to try and get his base and the legislators in those states to flip the election when he loses, because he's almost certainly going to be the nominee and he's going to be running against Biden. And everything he's doing is to
0: basically flip a few mm-hmm. of those five or six states. But wait, there's more. Last night he posted on his truth social and literally said this. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that you have never been done before.
3: And he means it. What
0: is he, fucking Don Corleone? Either he is completely absent of any human emotion or ability to understand the consequences that he's facing for his words and actions. Yes. Or or he's he's just... (laughs) stupid yes or he's just a sociopath yes or he's daring jack smith yes (laughs) i I am going to be so happy when this man goes to prison
3: what will you do with your time (laughs) Uh,
0: what would i do with my time oh jen (laughs) There'll be another crusade that I find to be on, like taking down Ron DeSantis. Oh, good! I think that DeSantis does that all by himself. (laughs) He does. My God, that guy! So true. I'm the worst candidate that ever (laughs) entered politics.
2: Did you see he came in third in a poll behind someone I never even heard of? (laughs) Who
0: was it? I'm shaking it up. (laughs) We're rebooting.
2: Proof is in the pudding.
0: Oh my God, he is mm. in trouble. Tidding. He is in, And you know what the new strategy with the sandwiches is? I heard this this morning. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're, they're going to make me the underdog. Now I'm like the, the underdog. I'm a loser. Oh, That's he, it. The strategy is to make me a loser.
2: To reinforce that meme, he's firing his staff because he can't afford to pay.
0: Getting them. rid of them all. <laughs> Losers. There's not much difference, like Trump is DeSantis. They move their hands the same way, their their cadence is the same, the words that they use, is all about like disgusting, awful, disgusting. He's a bad copy of Trump. Trump did an, a rally in Iowa last Saturday night, which was chock full of bullshit and lies, of course. But uh, this was my favorite moment.
1: Never have said this, even though it's true. But I I don't think I could have said it before. But now it's very easy to say Biden is the most corrupt president in the history of our country by far. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists and fascists indict me, I consider it to be a great badge of honor and courage. I'm doing it for you. I'm being indicted for you. Better me than you, right? It's a badge of honor.
0: A badge of honor to be indicted. And it's a badge of honor to vote for someone who's been indicted multiple times. That's where we are today. That's where, the, that's where the Republican Party is today. And the other thing is, when Trump starts off a sentence with, and this is true, like, you know, it's just <laughs> not, you know, it's the as opposite. It's like, if truth was in New York, what he's about to say is California, right? It couldn't be further from the truth, right? So Sunday night, he got a target letter from the Department of Justice, and special counsel Jack Smith. And in that letter, he was told by the DOJ that he is the target of the January 6th investigation. And they referenced three statutes. One is deprivation of rights under color of law. The second one is conspiracy to defraud. And the third is a witness tampering. These are all very serious things. And this signals that there's an imminent indictment coming. So after the target letter was received, as expected, Republicans came out to defend Trump. This includes Ron DeSanctimonious, Tim Scott, Pence. But first, I want to play House Speaker Kevin McCarthy.
4: If you notice recently, President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for reelection. So, what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. It's time and time again, I think the American public is tired of this. They want to have see equal justice, and the idea that they utilize this to go after those who politically disagree with them is wrong. But this was
0: McCarthy on January 6th, 2021.
4: Some say the riots were caused by Antifa. There is absolutely no evidence of that. And conservatives should be the first to say so. That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term.
0: I mean, these people have no moral center. They have nothing, no core... And then we learned that McCarthy and uh, New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik spoke with Trump this Tuesday to strategize the messaging and the defense over J-6. Mike Pence, who is not only the whitest human being and the most boring human being, but he's just probably the most cowardly human being. Here's him
1: defending Trump with regard to the prospect of an indictment. I I hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, the um... I'm not convinced that um, uh, the president acting on the bad advice of of a group of crank lawyers uh, that came into the White House in the days before January 6th is actually criminal.
0: What a fucking coward that guy is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's not criminal. Really? He admitted that Trump wanted him to steal the election for him. He admitted that Trump wanted him killed. He admitted that Trump's Words and actions that day put the country in grave danger, but he's not sure. I'm not sure it's criminal. Fuck him.
1: Here's Trump defending himself. I didn't know practically what a subpoena was and grand juries and all of this. Now I'm like becoming an expert. If you say something about an election, they want to put you in jail for the rest of your life. It's a disgrace. They all must think the
0: base are just the biggest bunch of dumbass morons. He's filed about 4,000 lawsuits in his life. He doesn't know what a subpoena is? Trump
2: is just going to play to his base, and you're right. They don't care, and that's it.
0: On Tuesday, everybody was waiting for Judge Aileen Cannon to issue her ruling in the scheduling of the Mar-a-Lago stolen classified documents case, and she kicked the can down a little bit. She said she would have a written order promptly, but she seems disinclined to grant Trump's request to push it out till after the election. So we'll see what happens there. We also learned that uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel charged 16 people in the fake elector scheme. That's really interesting. They're going to just fucking flip without question. Those people ain't going to jail. A a judge denied Trump's request for a new E. Gene Carroll trial. A judge rejected his bid to move the hush money case to a federal court from New York. So again, the courts are not on Trump's side. He continues to lose in every single case. And he doesn't seem to understand that he's not going to win this thing in the court of public opinion. A new Monmouth poll was out this morning. Interesting. shows Biden up by seven points, 47 to 40, in a head-to-head matchup. But here's the really fascinating thing. When it involves a third-party candidate, Biden's up by nine. Really? 39 to 30. Really? Really. Huh. Huh. Indicating that a third-party candidate will negatively impact Trump more than Biden. Now, that said, it's a new poll. It's only one. It contradicts other polls that have previously been released. And so we'll see if this is actually a trend going forward or just some kind of anomaly. But... uh it appears that Democrats are not getting excited over this poll. Uh,
2: I wouldn't get excited over that poll. I knew you wouldn't get it. That makes absolutely no sense. First off, third party Not true, not true, Mattie says. How, how do you possibly make a poll about a third party candidate when you don't even have that third party candidate on the list? I mean, who is it going to take from if you don't even know who it is?
0: Well, I mean, you know, there's Kennedy, there's Manchin. It's just interesting. You can't ignore the data. I wouldn't bet the farm on the data. I'd be terrified. Well, I mean, at some point, there's going to be another poll and another poll and another poll. And if there's a trend, then, you know, polls are never really wrong. They may be off, but they're not wrong.
2: Well, they can be off
0: enough to be wrong. And the greatest news of this week is the release of Joe Biden's new campaign ad, which I got to (laughs) say is probably the most brilliant in the history of politics
4: Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on. And Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions, and he still is working on it.
0: Okay. That was Marjorie Taylor Greene. And no, that's not AI. It wasn't photoshopped or doctored or... It is actually Marjorie Taylor Greene thinking that the base is so stupid that she could literally say the equivalent of all of these things that matter most in your life, in housing, education, medical insurance, all of those things Joe Biden's going to give you. Ha! Isn't he awful? Like. I mean, she's talking as if those are all bad things.
2: It was fantastic. And I, I was just going to give Marjorie Taylor Greene credit for being so honest.
0: Yeah. Unwittingly. All right. Let's get to our winners and losers.
2: My winner. Justice. Michigan charges 16 Trump electors who falsely claimed he won the state. Accountability is absolutely essential to resolving the damage done to our democracy over the last several years by election deniers and election losers. My loser, Republicans for blocking State Department, Defense Department, and Department of Justice nominees and creating a deepening national security risk. My winner is Greta Gerwig for Barbie. Not only did she make a movie that made GOP's head explode. He's not fucking around, is he? It was incredibly entertaining. I had the fortune of seeing a preview. And it was campy yet deeply moving and brilliantly subversive. And My loser is country music singer Jason Aldean for his white nationalist vision of America with his incredibly racist video titled Try That in a Small Town. Thankfully, the video has been pulled.
0: You are a Barbie girl.
1: In a Barbie
2: world. <laughs> That movie was phenomenal. I can't wait to see it.
0: My winner, Wesleyan University, which announced its ending legacy admissions following affirmative action ruling last month by the Supreme Court. My loser, Donald Trump. Who knew? Who knew? All right, that gets us to our weekly rant. So the twice impeached, twice indicted, sexual assault convicted Republican frontrunner Donald Trump appears on the verge of being indicted yet again. This time for inciting the January 6th insurrection. I'm getting indicted for you. They're coming after you. I'm just in the way. This is what he said to his Iowa rally goers last weekend. And his brainwashed cultists just keep lapping up the bullshit. No doubt there are Trumpers who've peeled away, abandoned him because the better voices in their head eventually won the debate. And they've been able to self-deprogram. But there are still tens of millions of the most fiercely loyal, He can grab my pussy anytime, Kool-Aid drinking, one step away from the cyanide, hopelessly brainwashed. Nothing he does, nothing he says, or any trouble he gets into will change that. But worse, the GOP is filled with vomitous cowards like House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who begged for his life on January 6th and condemned him for it. And now he's just among his most shameless defenders. And then there are the presidential opponents like Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, who've clearly failed to receive the you're running against Trump so it's okay to attack him memo. And then there's cowards like Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, whose state was a ground zero in Trump's scheme to steal the election, but indicated this week he'd vote for him if he was the nominee. And there's Pence, who after being pressed three times by News Nation's Elizabeth Vargas, Refused to say he wouldn't end up campaigning for Trump if he won the, the nomination. Campaigning for the sadistic sociopath who wanted him swinging from the gallows. Seriously? He would actually campaign for Trump? As the Megan Trainor song goes, it's all about that bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I ain't no size two, but I can shake it, shake it like I'm supposed to do because I got that boom, boom that all the boys chase. Sure as fuck sounds like Trump, no? They are terrified of that base. Of that base. And it's paralyzed them and turned them into democracy-raping, dictator-worshipping cowards. They should actually change the party's name to the COP, Cowardly Old Party. It's time for Congressman Eric Swalwell. He represents California's 14th congressional district. He's a former prosecutor, and he serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the House Homeland Security Committee. He was also appointed by former Speaker Nancy Pelosi to serve as an impeachment manager for Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. Congressman, welcome back into the back room.
5: Oh, Andy, thanks for having me back. A lot's been going on.
0: One of the things I want to ask you about before we get into all the craziness in Washington and in particular in the House, this week you tweeted a you were on a plane with your son, I guess the whole family, and you were in a bathroom. And uh, he was napping and it was like, this is the only place He naps. I wanted to ask you, because you're very public on social media with your family and your children, how important is it to you that your constituents, your followers, see you in that same role that many of them are in, which is you're just a guy trying to balance fatherhood and parenting with work?
5: It's it's day-to-day too, right? Like uh, You can't really see too far ahead and and by the way, Andy, he before he was uh sleeping, he was screaming. Uh, so you know that uh, <laughs> on an air on, on an airplane. Um really? and, and uh people did ask, and so I I do want to clarify there were four bathrooms. This was a big plane, there were four bathrooms in that row. Uh so I, I was mindful that I I didn't want to I wasn't gonna just occupy the only bathroom. Um but no, I I think I'm a better legislator uh because I got three little kids Mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's made me work uh, smarter, not harder because I have to say no to more things uh, that I'd like because, you know, family is a priority. But I I think in the effectiveness side, if I can take what I'm experiencing and, you know, trying to find childcare, thinking about, you know, what the cost of college is going to be, because it's going to be, you know, around the corner. Uh, My wife, when she was, uh, every time she's traveled uh, and has been breastfeeding, she's gotten the weirdest looks and the oddest interactions with TSA folks. Uh, a lot of times she travels by herself, she's got her own business and she would be transporting breast milk because you still have to like uh, pump while you're, you know, whether the kid's with you or not. And, right. and they would interrogate her and ask like, well, where's the children? If This is really breast milk. And it's like, are you, are you kidding me? And, and so I have written... uh Legislation, and we're working to change the way that um, breastfeeding mothers are treated at, at TSA. So I, I think if if you can take you know what is a crushing challenging experience, and, and actually understand that your constituents are in many ways experiencing it, and, and then learn to like legislate around it to make it you know more manageable for everyone, I, I think that is a positive. And so I, I've, I've included them in my social media post because. I often learn from them, and I know my constituents, as I and many of them are going through uh, the, the same hustle and struggle. Mm-hmm. We recently had your
0: colleague Jimmy Gomez on, and uh, we talked a lot about his dad's caucus. Are you in that?
5: I'm in the dad's caucus, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and, and Jimmy, by the way, he the congressional picnic is uh, this week, and so Jimmy's uh, son is in town. And, uh, he was scrambling to find a pack and play, you know, like basically mm-hmm. a portable crib. Uh, so I was able to get him a, a pack and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the dad's caucus. It's about legislation as much as it is like, just like dad hacks on like how to, you know, solve like whatever the issue. So you have like is. a dad's message board, like, Hey, anybody got a, we do pack and play. <laughs> we got a, a group chat. Oh. Um, and, and you know, a lot of us, uh, it's mostly just giving each other grief, uh, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is like, yeah, do you have a pack and play? How about, um, how about hey, you
0: know, my when, kid's screaming his head off. Does anybody want to take him for five minutes? Any of those just going around? Or
5: like, they, like, when do I turn the car seat around, you know, uh, <laughs> right. in the car? It's That's a lot right. of stuff like, like that.
0: So let's talk about uh, work. There's a lot going on in, in the house in particular. Speaking of children, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking, of, speaking of petulant children, last week there was uh, the, Jim Jordan's uh, weaponization hearing. And Christopher Wray, FBI director, sat there and incredulously at one moment said, I am a Trump appointee. I am a lifelong Republican. To accuse me of using the FBI to weaponize against conservatives is insane. And in that hearing, when it was your turn to speak, you and this is a quote, uh, you said, Director, I think it's quite rich that the guy that has accused you of lawlessness and weaponization is 400 days into violation of his own congressional subpoena, this is Jim Jordan, over January 6th. Quite rich to me that you're hearing all of these allegations from somebody who won't even respond to a lawful subpoena. Does someone like Jim Jordan, do these people even realize how hypocritical they sound, appear when they go on the attack? It's just this Freudian projection
5: on steroids. You used the the perfect word, and it's projection, and we're seeing that right now. Uh, is, is Donald Trump has put out this uh, claim that he received a target letter and, and they're losing their minds that he could be indicted. And, and it's projection because if they were in the power of a prosecutor, they would use that power to go after their political opponents. So they assume that that is how Jack Smith and Chris Ray and others are using their awesome responsibility that they have, which is to go after. Jim Jordan and, and who they, you know, they, they believe that they're doing this because they're political opponents. Of course, that's crazy. That's to use Ray's phrase. That's insane. Uh, just because you're corrupt doesn't mean that, you know, the prosecutors and the FBI uh, are corrupt. But that's what we're dealing with is that they they would be willing to use their power to punish political opponents. So they're just assuming that you would do the same thing.
0: And they are doing it. I mean, you know, this whole Biden crime family rampage that they're
5: on is just unconscionable, in the face, I, Andy, I was just watching the hearing, uh, and I think it jumped the shark pretty early into it uh, this afternoon when Marjorie Taylor Greene pulled out uh, some of Hunter Biden's non-consensual nudes. I'm not kidding you. she's she's waving around the pictures of the non-consensual nudes, and it, it was never about like having any evidence. It's just they they wanted to use a private citizen's uh, laptop, which was you know stolen or it certainly wasn't seen by the FBI. It wasn't turned over to the public by Hunter. They they don't have ideas. They don't have policies. So it's it's just a, a hit and run. It's a smear job. Uh, and it's because they're completely bankrupt of solving anyone's problem who they represent. But again, it's also hypocrisy because, you know, I'm
0: going to go out on a limb here, but I, I, I suspect if you go through Madge's laptop, you're going to find some non-consensual nudes. You know, don't want to see it. You know, (laughs) don't want to see it. I I don't want to see it either. But I'm sure it exists. But in the face of unprecedented corruption and treason in the Trump crime family, in that mafia, mafia mob kind of way, yeah, do they just think that their base is so stupid and brainwashed? There really isn't a shred of evidence of criminality. At the same time, your guy is getting indicted a hundred times.
5: That's right. And by the way. Uh, his, the Trump organization lawyer just got out of jail uh, recently. Paul Manafort was in jail uh, for a long time until pr- Trump saved him. Steve Bannon was going to jail. Roger Stone was going to jail. So, you know, the people who were, you know, closest to his business and his politics uh, were all, you know, either uh, convicted or in jail uh, until Donald Trump saved them. So, it, again, it's insane. It's mm-hmm. ludicrous. Uh, but they just assume that. What's being done to them uh, is political, uh, motivated, politically motivated, because that's how they... Approach. And what do you make of what's happening right now, these two IRS, quote-unquote, whistleblowers with Hunter Biden? Like, is there any there there? No, uh, Hunter Biden didn't pay his taxes, mm-hmm. was indicted for not paying his taxes, has actually paid back his taxes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more that can say be said for any Trump indictment or anyone around Trump, but no one has, you know... Uh, but guilty, right? They they all just say fake news. And, and by the way, no Democrat, you know, threatened democracy or threatened violence or threatened the judge or threatened the prosecutor when Hunter Biden was indicted. Right. Um, you know, he took responsibility and we moved on. Like that's kind of how our criminal justice system is supposed to work. And, and so, no, there, there's no signs of misconduct. And by the way, going back to what you said about Christopher Wright, the prosecutor who this case, you know, and who stayed on under Biden was appointed, you know, by Donald Trump. So, so what they're really upset, or who they should really be upset at, is that Christopher Ray, and you're talking about Durham,
0: Weiss, Weiss, right? The process. yeah,
5: mm-hmm. yeah, So Ray Weiss and Durham mm-hmm. all were appointed by Trump. They should be upset with Trump that mm-hmm. he didn't appoint someone who would be as corrupt as he wanted to be, right? They're upset that these people aren't corrupt. That's the crux of this is that the people Trump appointed didn't end up being as corrupt
0: as Trump had hoped. Well, you're raising a really interesting point. And the irony is that Trump and his acolytes always talk about the deep state, how the deep state is out to get him and persecute. But literally, all of the people you've mentioned, all the people that are truly responsible for trying to, take him down, you could define yeah. the deep state as Republicans and
5: mostly those yeah. who either were appointed by him or work for him at some point. Andy, the way I see it is, 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 yeah, sure, there is a deep state, Donald Trump. You appointed them, and guess what? They all turned out and testified against you in the January 6th committee, and, and now you're in deep shit. Like, that, like that's the deep state. right? You appointed them. But yet the cult believes that it's all democratic pedophiles
0: and guys like you and I could sit here and intellectualize all of this and talk about truth and facts and reality. But when you have tens of millions of Americans who literally think Joe Biden is in Gitmo and JFK Jr. is coming back,
5: how do we ever break through that? Because that's the disease. So I've thought about, it's a great question. I've thought about it a lot. And I'll give you Hunter Biden's laptop as an example. There's many others We're never going to win on the merits. That, as you said, that there's no connection to Joe Biden being corrupt on anything in this laptop other than there's a lot of non-consensual nudes that they're showing, which is just weird. So my goal has been with the laptop or like say the way they treat trans kids Mm -hmm. is to just impose a creep cost. That the public should know that you are obsessed with this person's non-consensual nudes that on trans kids that you are obsessed with on-demand gender checks. And that's weird, right? Like, like, let's put them on defense. Let's play on their side of the field instead of, you know, getting into the legal legalese of all of this because that's not going to cut through. Just make, you know, impose a creep cost for what they want to do because everything that they want to do, whether it's, you know, uh, invading your bedroom. <laughs> and I thought that condom ad was great. That was run out of Ohio around, you know, reproductive rights mm-hmm. uh, or invading our kids' locker room or invading a private citizen's laptop. Like, that's just creepy. Uh, it's weird. And we should make them feel creepy and weird about it uh, because that's how it feels to me. And, and so I, I think sometimes we overthink this stuff and
0: we should just call it what it is. I, you know, you're raising, raising another interesting point, which I bring up all the time. Why are Republicans so obsessed with trans, LGBTQ, with sex, with vaginas? They're obsessed with this stuff. Yet they come at it as the morality police and they're the ones obsessed and yep. they, and they win that argument. The best,
5: the best defense is an aggressive offense. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get off our heels. And as I said, be on you know, their side of the field. And, and so- So what, have, what does the creep cost look like? What, what does that actually mean in real terms? Yeah, so um, as I said, in the hearing last week, it was laptop, 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 laptop. And I finally just said to them, I said, guys, it's really weird that you're so obsessed with the private citizens, non-consensual news. It's just weird to me that like, this is, I thought you would want to win the election on ideas, not this kind of stuff. And then I went back and asked my staff, I said, how many times after I went at them that way, did they say the word laptop? And my staff said zero. Mm. So you, again, you have to make, wow. you're not going to win on the merits because the, they don't care about the merits. Right. But if you plainly call it what it is, I, I, I do think that works. Uh, and, and on the trans issue, as I said, we have to make this their obsession, not our obsession. Because as you and I know, this is this is an issue where Republicans have parents believing that, you know, little Sally would be an Olympic swimmer uh, if it wasn't for the trans kid that, you know, stands in her way. Right. Okay. We know that's not happening, mm-hmm. but we should play this out to a logical conclusion, which is, if they want to ban trans kids in sports, you are creating gender checks. And that's weird, right? Like you're, you're, right. you're creating the gender check, uh system in our schools. And so we should just call it that and, and make them explain, you know, how they're going to enforce this. And, and so that's what I think the creep cost is, is, is you're, you're not, as I said, they're not intellectual enough to want to, you know, have a meritorious argument. So I just want to create a hot stove that they're not going to touch.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you 100 percent, and I believe Democrats should play tough. I think one of the reasons why people love you is that you're one of the Democrats who does that and can be effective with that. But again, in reality, I remember watching Trump rallies years ago when he was president, and you'd see women wearing T-shirts with an arrow pointed down, and the text would say, he can grab my pussy anytime." And you're like, seriously? Like, <laughs> you have yeah. any children? you have daughters? Can he do that yeah. to them? Too? Like, yeah. when grown yeah. women are like, yeah, that's fine. Like, is the creep cost going to, is that currency have any real value?
5: Yeah, it's not going to work with that person. But I I, I still think um, we are winning the great big center right now uh, as Democrats. And we're on a winning streak. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since ever since Donald Trump was elected, he's been a giant loser, right? right? We won the house in 18. Absolutely. We kept the house in 20, won the white house, won the Senate, held the Senate, avoided the big red wave in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 22, we won recently in Jacksonville, the Supreme court in Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, you
0: know?
5: Yeah. So I, I think we have a nice frame of like, we are for competence mm-hmm. and community and they are for chaos and creepiness, right? Like, like, That's a nice frame and we don't have to, you know, invent a new playbook um, or new policy ideas. I I think that's winning. And then, so what are the three things we have to do this Congress the next two years? Well, we had to pay America's bills, raise the debt ceiling. More Democrats voted for that than Republicans. So we showed, Mm -hmm. again, competence. Uh, We have to keep the government open uh, in two months when the Republicans are going to be hell-bent on shutting it down. Uh, They're going to shut down the government. Democrats are going to be the ones that find a way to reopen it. It, it. I can see it a mile away. So again, we will show, you know, competence. And then on Ukraine, uh, you know, where democracy is is on the line there and it could, you know, come to us, uh, that fight, uh, we are leading the way as 100 Republicans voted against funding Ukraine right. uh, last week. And, and so I think just staying, and as I said, in that big center is where most Americans are. And, and we will be rewarded with majorities and the White House uh, in the upcoming election.
0: Well, it's a good segue. I wanted to ask you about the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, as it's more commonly known. Early on in this conversation, you said something about the Republican Party being broken or dead. But in the past, the Republicans at least would verbalize that they were for national defense, that they were for law and order, family values, fiscal responsibility. One by one, we've seen those virtues be tossed out the window. But national defense is, you know, partisanship ends at the shore, all that stuff. You know, military, pro this, pro soldiers and all that. Uh, then we saw that eroded under Trump, attacks on the generals, attacks on POWs, attacks on Cold Star families. Yeah. And, and here we are today in the Senate with Tommy Tuberville, in the House with James Comer, the Oversight Committee. So now you can hold up military funding yeah. because you don't like abortion. I mean, that would never have been done a couple of years ago.
5: And it affects our readiness, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the military becomes Texas, right? And talk to any woman, young woman in America right now, and if she got into a school, a college in Texas, uh, she's having a conversation with her parents about whether that's safe for her. Like that—that's it. I've talked to enough people in enough places that that is happening, right? So, do you want the military to become like Texas, where uh, you know young women uh, are, are wondering if they can serve because you know they may not be able to make that decision? Uh, if that happens in their life, uh, on, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is we become a more and more diverse country, if you have people who are saying, we want the Confederate flags, uh, or we want the Confederate statues and the Confederate base names to come back, uh, and we want to get rid of, by the way, uh, recruitment of, you know, people uh, of color, like, is, is that going to help us be the Most prepared military in the world, uh, if it only looks like white men, like I don't, I don't think it is. And so, to me, like put aside like just the equity here on military readiness and being the best fighting force in the world, we're alienating women and people of color Mm -hmm. who make up a majority of the country. So uh, it it just doesn't, on a readiness uh, standpoint, make much sense
0: to me yeah and the rhetoric doesn't make sense either when the speaker of the u.s house of representatives tweets quote we don't want disneyland to train our military (laughs) not only is that just moronic but it's not even remotely true it's just rhetoric designed to feed the brainwashed base more maga red meat and people are just gobbling it up. Yeah. And yeah. but
5: not enough people are gobbling it up for them mm-hmm. to win anything meaningful. So and that's where I I hope your viewers uh I hope the message they take away is, you know, don't be pessimistic about this upcoming election. But we have we have the reason the reasons to be confident. And and confidence begets confidence. We have to do the work. We have to register more people. We have to engage more people. Uh we have talk more about our successes, not be so modest. We have to be on offense rather than defense on these issues. But we're going to win mm-hmm. in, in 24. And that's, as I said, because we want community and they want chaos. Mm-hmm. We want competence and, and they just bring culture more. And so we're, we're on the right side of this. We have you know a, a winning streak you know, to show that it's working. So yeah, I, I don't want people to be pessimistic. And, and I, I think sometimes Democrats can be uh, of the bedwetting nature, and, and that doesn't help us when we have to go win elections. And I'm confident going into this upcoming election because they've shown us who they are and and, and Americans keep projecting. Yeah. I personally agree with you hundred percent and I say it all the
0: time that Democrats get upset about the messaging and all this, but the truth is yeah. the messaging is working because as yeah. you just, dis- as you said, we've won almost everything in the last seven, eight years. Yeah. But I think the, the issue is not so much the strategy of winning, because that seems to be working pretty well, with the exception of the house flipping by four or five seats, yeah. largely due to redistricting in my state, New York. But the, yeah. the issue is just the disease that has infiltrated our country. I love that we've been winning everything, but I kind of hate living in a country where tens, yeah. tens of millions of people are, are just like zombies. And that's what uh, worries I, me.
5: I and I'm the son of two Republicans. Uh, my wife is from Southern Indiana. You can imagine like the politics in her family. Um, I, 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 hate to see where we are right now, but I also recognize, um, that this is a fever that we have to break like that, that MAGAism. uh, this election, look it, it, it either, you know, either we break the fever, uh, or, um, we don't survive. It's just like we will not be the country that we've all known. It'll go, you know, the way of uh, Turkey, Uh, you know, uh, it'll go the way of Hungary and other, you know, democracies that are are drifting toward authoritarianism. And and so um, that's that's what is is at stake. Uh, If this was, you know, to use the parlance of California, uh, if this was a TV show, Um, you know, this election is the serious finale. Uh, We either, as I said, either distinguish Trumpism uh, or it's cemented. uh, Well, I was going to ask
0: you, because, you know, with all your confidence, it does still sound like foundationally you agree with what Democrats have been saying for the last several elections, which is this upcoming election is the most important in our history.
5: Because in the first Term for Trump, he he put into his cabinet the people who had to execute his agenda, relatively experienced individuals. Uh, they all turned on him, right? Because they ended up seeing who he was. Tillerson, Mattis, his <laughs> vice president. Eventually, uh, he won't make the same mistake this time. He he will get better. Uh, he'll be a more effective mob boss, uh, and, and you won't see any experience. You'll just see people who are going to carry out, you know, his vindictive. Uh, you know, vision for the country. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, uh, uh, and he won't relinquish power again. Y'all. Miles Taylor wrote
0: a book pretty much about that. Like he says, I didn't want to write a book the same as 50 other people about what happened yeah. during the Trump year. I want to write a book about if this man wins again, what America is going to look like. And he basically said the same thing you just said. And I, yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But getting back to Marjorie Taylor Greene for a second, everyone's talking about the cage match, supposedly that's that might happen with Mark Zuckerberg and elon musk but I, wouldn't it be great to have a cage match with mtg and lauren bobert i'd pay 99.99
5: for that i yeah i mean it, it feels like i work at a at the wwe already um I, it, it's sad anyway it's just like that's that's what they've debased uh the place into mm-hmm. and are you surprised that she got kicked out of the freedom caucus is that just because she it's supports kind of like McCarthy? Getting, it's like getting kicked out of the bar in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to really try hard to get kicked out of the Freedom Caucus. <laughs> like These are people who have the highest standards in the world. Right. Um, so, yeah. It, it, it's, I, I'll still say this. Uh, McCarthy has the title of Speaker of the House. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene has the job. Right. Like You can't do anything uh, past like, what she's willing to do, which is also just a scary place uh, to be. So my hope is that uh, we beat both of them. But we're going to beat both of them. She she had the closest election in twenty twenty two, and she hasn't gotten better. So, well, I appreciate your time and your insights,
0: and enjoy the picnic. and look forward to next time.
5: Cool, thanks, Andy.
3: La 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 the back room. La 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 the back room. Emma loves this podcast and Andy too. That's Elmo's World! <laughs> well, that's episode 96. Elmo likes episode 96. Eric Swalwell is a great congressman. If you like the backroom as much as Elmo does, let us know. Leave a message for Elmo at 845-307-7446. And Elmo has email at backroomandy at gmail.com. Or tweet to Elmo at Andy Astroid. And boys and girls... Remember to rate and review the episode and follow or subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Elmo wants to now thank all his backroom friends, co-producer, co-editor, and engineer Maddie Rosenberg-Monster, co-producer Prairie Jen Hamoud, Cricket Langell for making special logo, Andy Hollander for nice music, Patricia Wynn, and the Epicurean for Backroom Studio. See you next time! (laughs) Hee <laughs>